Hi, and welcome to this episode of Tales from the Trail. I'm privileged to welcome three former college teammates who remain involved in soccer. Emmett Rakowski is the head coach of the Stetson University men's soccer team. Glenn Gray is the college advisory director at the historic youth club, the Richmond Strikers in Richmond, Virginia. I also welcome back Tommy DiNuzzo, the head coach of the men's team at Hampton Sydney College in Virginia. It's an enjoyable conversation among three old friends with a ton of useful information as well. Please remember to share this podcast and send me your questions and comments through matchplayrecruit.com. Um, yeah, so as I was saying, Scott, uh, we have quite a few guys from our era at Mary Washington coaching now, which we think is a, a pretty unique thing. Um, obviously, myself and Emmett and a couple others in the college game and then some guys like Glenn at the youth level. Um but, uh, yeah, I think you can go through some, some different programs in the state, and, and it's like that. Um, I know William & Mary has some guys in the past um, and a few others too. But, yeah, for us, we got guys, Matt Lowry coaching down at Atlanta United. Um, we got um, guys in the past too, Brady Larkin, that's coached at the college level, uh, University of Lynchburg and then Rochester. We got Matt Lamb coaching at Rhodes College. Um, but I, I don't know what Glenn and Emmett would say about that. I'm not sure what the reason for that is um, or what the commonality is, but pretty unique thing to, to Mary Wash and our era playing there. If you guys and it's been the same head coach there forever, right? It, it was when we were there, Coach Gordon, um, and he was kind of at the tail end, so he definitely gave us maybe some added responsibility. So that, that probably had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. How, when did he start coaching there? Man, mm, like 1980. <laughs> yeah, because I think I might have walked in on him when I was on spring break when I was in high school in the late 80s. So, um, yeah, most uh, that wasn't a very productive visit. Are there guys I left out, by the way? Glenn and Emmett, we got more people in the soccer world. Uh, there might be others, but... A unique connection to Mary Washington today is the head coach, Jason Kilby, is from Culpeper, which is where Emmett and I grew up. So there's kind of all these different various coaching trees around the state of Virginia, but you see it everywhere in the game, whether it's at the youth level, professional college. So uh, it's great when you, you get to these events and you get to see these guys and catch up and you've known them for 20 plus years. So that makes it uh, makes it a lot of fun. And you can't forget, Kilby went to Frostburg State. That's where I did my grad assistant job. And that's where Glenn's dad, who is uh, one of the top youth coaches in the state, obviously from Culpeper, he played at Frostburg State. So like Glenn said, you have these funny little uh, connections all over that that go off in different tangents, which I think make it pretty funny, pretty unique, uh, but also really cool to follow people's different paths too. Yeah, so um, Glenn and Emmett, you guys played in high school together. Um, Glenn, you're just a little bit older, but uh, a lot older. Like Emmett. <laughs> yeah, Glenn was doing the playing when I was on that team. I, I was I was a cheerleader on the bench, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, before we were, before we hit record, it sounded like he was a little more mature too at one point. So, um, you know, older and and more mature, but. Uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting. Um, we're here at uh, recording 
our podcast, Tales from the Trail. You guys like that title, like uh, Tales from the Recruiting Trail? You know, um, I think Cheese came up with that one. Um, and I've got uh, Glenn Gray with the Richmond Strikers. Um, we'll get into what he does in a little bit. Um, uh, Tommy Dunuzo from Hampton Sydney College in Farmville, Virginia. And Emmett Rutkowski, if I pronounce that correctly. Um, I don't ever want to stumble over a name. Uh, it was down at Stetson University in Florida. Um, and all of you guys played at Mary Washington. Was it college back then or University of Mary Washington back then? It was Mary Washington College my freshman year. So that was 2003. And then in okay. 2004, it changed to University of Mary Washington. Gotcha. Um, so you guys were all teammates, overlapping teammates um, back then. And um, it's one of the things that we, a recurring theme in these podcasts is um, a lot of the guys that you were girls that you play with are become lifelong friends and um it's important to evaluate the types of people that go to a school um to make sure that you fit into the culture and that sort of thing um when you're going through the recruiting process we've talked a lot about that and um it's it's just as much the recruits responsibility as it is the coaches and the staff's responsibility to to kind of check some boxes there um so yeah i, I uh it'd be good to kind of get into uh you guys meeting and and um get, you know what you remember of your first college experience together and and that sort of thing if, if anyone wants to kick that discussion off um i always like to get stories on here just it makes things relatable to when kids are listening um, <clears throat> start since yeah. I'm the oldest, probably. So, uh, Tommy was two years behind me, right? Tommy, yeah, two years. Yeah. So, um, I first got introduced to Mary Washington. My older sister went to school there, who Emmett knows very well. His older sister is best friends with my older sister. So, um, when she was a freshman at college and I was a senior in high school, I used to visit her a lot, got to know the guys on the team, and so kind of made for an easy transition into college and playing at that level. Um, yeah, but then we were fortunate enough to get some pretty strong classes coming in behind me. Um, Tommy's year, two years later, and then Emmett came in uh, when I was a, when I was a senior year as a freshman. So, um, so yeah, I mean, throughout the year when, when our coach at the time, Coach Gordon, was recruiting players, you know, we would always ask, hey, what are some of the players you have coming in? We would host those recruits and uh, – and get to know them and, and obviously knowing their pedigree, we, you know, do the part we could as a player to get them interested in playing at, the, at Mary Washington. So obviously I'd known Evan since I was born. So when he was coming through high school, I was constantly in his ear about, about coming to Mary Washington. So I guess I was a little bit convincing. I don't know if I played any role in helping convince Tommy to come, but, uh, but yeah, so um, fun, fun to have those guys together on on the team that I uh, at least you know when I was a senior, Emma was a freshman to Mary Wash, and then Tommy was a was a sophomore. So, um, and and yeah, I think it's interesting. Again, everything's connected, and for me, uh, what got me, I didn't even know anything about Mary Washington, even though it was forty five minutes from where I grew up. And then uh, the guy I played for for club soccer, his son had played there. So that's what, what got me down there to see it. Um, I do remember, I don't remember Glenn specifically per se, but I do remember um, 
the group of uh, upperclassmen there being pretty welcoming and um, and that type of thing when I did visit. Uh, so yeah, I, I get that part of it for sure. I think the culture was was really good. You notice, like Glenn. Uh, obviously, there there's a sense of knowing him my whole life, but also when I was in high school, Glenn's team made a run to the state semis, um, and actually they lost. To, we lost to Mills Godwin. Um, I was in ninth grade. Glenn was a senior, and so it was a big turning point, probably in my like playing career. To see how what a what a cool run the team made but also just being part of a really successful program and glenn was a captain on that team so when glenn was already a captain at mary wash it was pretty easy to try to follow in those footsteps uh when you have that sort of seniority and you have someone that you trust um that's been really successful so it was a pretty easy recruiting uh tool to be honest from coach gordon to glenn and then Meeting Tommy, uh, he he was on one of the the top club teams up in Northern Virginia. So you, you had guys that had really good p- playing pedigrees when you talked to them. Uh, that you knew that there was a standard there that w- was high, and you knew that the team, you know, if we could put the different things together, we'd be successful. And so for me, that was something that was really important and finding the right fit. And both those two had a huge huge role in, in you know my decision and some other guys in the class too. Yeah, so it sounds like it was kind of an easy transition because you knew someone there and and that sort of thing. So, hey, hey Scott, um, I want to uh, go off that for a second. Just with you talking about it, it got me thinking. Um, man, like we're we're saying all this stuff, how connected everything is, and particularly in Virginia, the soccer scene is like so small. Everyone knows each other. Guys are switching teams like every six months. Um, I think that that's such an important thing and it makes your life easier in the process to use those older guys um, and guys also going through the process as resources. Like, like Emmett just mentioned, he came to Mary Wash, you know, partly because he knew Glenn that was comfortable. He could stay overnight and do a recruiting visit. Um, And I did the same thing at Lynchburg and some other places too. Uh, And it just makes your life so much easier as far as getting all the information you need to make an educated decision down the line. Um, and I think some guys take advantage of that and maybe some others don't, um, within the state. Yeah. Um, Glenn, you, you help place recruits into, into colleges through the club that you work for Richmond strikers. Is that a fairly accurate statement, I guess? Yeah. So when I left Mary Washington, I, uh, decided to try and go the college coaching route, which I did. I, I was a grad assistant at VCU for a couple of years and was going through my licensing. And my uncle was a longtime college coach at Marshall University. So uh, that was the route I thought I was going to go and then ended up getting introduced to the world of sports marketing, which is where I work full time. Um, but I've always been able to keep my hand in the game by coaching a youth team, um, staying connected to guys like Tommy and Emmett and others that are coaching at various levels. And, uh, as my full-time job just got more and more busy up in the Northern Virginia area, I transitioned to a college advisory role. And then when I uh, moved down to Richmond in late 2020 with my now wife, uh, we, you know, Tommy kind of immediately pulled me in and said, Hey, the Richmond strikers can use some help with, with college advisory. You know, I knew some of the guys were there, but he knew them very well. Uh, Folks like Jay Howe and Pat McStay and said, let me connect you with them and just see if there's something there. So, 
that's how it all started. And uh, they had, had some resources in the past and had um, obviously had it. I mean, it's a very storied youth soccer club. And uh, I mean, the teams I played against growing up, I mean, just had so many strong players, guys that went on to play in the MLS and, and all over top college programs like UVA. So, uh, so yeah, so my role is today is very part-time with the club, but I specifically serve as the uh, college advisor director working with the U16, the U19 boys and girls teams. And so uh, collectively, it's a pretty large number of players. Um, some age groups, we have three or four teams. So um, it's been a fun process for me. I've been doing that since uh, the summer of 2021. So coming on um, a couple of years now. And um, and just being able to help players understand the college journey and what it takes and and uh, and really just helping them through that entire process from the academics to the athletics to the social component to the financial pieces of college. I am by no means a college counselor. I um, I know the soccer side of it. So I lean into friends like Tommy and Emmett all the time when I've got questions from players or from parents, I just can't answer. So uh, it makes right. my job easy being able to help helping them, you know, guide them through the process. Right. Um, reason I asked is <clears throat> so like, you know, obviously you have resources like Tommy and Emmett on here and I'm sure many others. Um, and just, so one of the things that we're trying to do here is provide some insights from people who are, you know, in the, working with kids day in and day out and um how do you differentiate yourself i mean what's the first thing that you're advising them to do and you know how does that play with the other two guys on this podcast you know like a kid comes to you and says i want to go to hampton sydney um you know i how do you guide them through that process the first thing that i yeah the first thing i do is i try to understand their academics because you can waste a lot of time if their academics are not in the place that they should be and it's not aligning with the types of schools that that they want to attend and then the second piece is their playing abilities so i'm i'm in my role i'm not with those players day in and day out with the youth teams so i lean heavily on the coaches to help with those assessments but the academics piece is pretty easy for me to assess what is the gpa what type of grades do they get what are, what are some of their uh, sat act scores um, you know, one thing I always stress to the players, and I know this is something I'm sure Tommy and Emma do quite a bit, is like the players have to own the process. Like they've got to take pride in it. And no college coach wants to be hearing from the mom or the dad. They just don't. They want to see the maturity of, of that youth player. Even at, you know, 16, 17 years old, they have to see it because um, they're about to invest the next four years in that player. So. That's one thing that I, I stress with those players is, is really making sure that it's something that they want. It's not something that their parents want. And then from there, you know, one of the things I've done with the strikers over the past couple of years, just get some processes in place, just things, in my opinion, that make it easier for the college coach. College coaches get tons of emails, phone calls, highlight videos every single day. So how do you cut through all that clutter? And um, and for me, it's just making sure that the information you deliver to the coaches is really easy to digest, um, whether it's a player profile, uh, whether it's a team profile, uh, upcoming schedule, and then obviously uh, links you know, to highlight videos and to game films. So as I've continued to advise players, again, I go back to Tommy, I go back to Emmett, I go back to others and say, guys, what, 
what what do you find most valuable? And then I take that back to our club and I take it back to our players and our parents. So um, we just continue to refine the process that way. But um, you have to start somewhere. And with these players, a lot of them just don't know. And the beauty is college websites have all the information on it that you could possibly need. You can do virtual tours. You can find all the academic financial information. You can look up rosters. You can watch games. I mean, I travel a lot for my job and I see these guys play when I'm on the road and I'm sitting at a restaurant. I mean, it's so easy to live stream these games. So for our players, you know, again, it's them taking pride in the development. You go do the research. You know, I, I as a former college player and college coach, I can tell you that you're probably not going to play at UVA, but here are maybe some other schools that you should think about. And so they have to start with a list, you know, five to 10 schools. And then from there, I help to just refine it and I help them to understand like, these are realistic schools. <laughs> These are unrealistic schools. It's okay to have a couple stretch options, but let's put some options on there that you know are a good fit for you, but they're also a good fit for that particular college program. And again, a lot of it goes into how much does the player want it? How much research are they gonna put in? How much time and energy are they gonna put in? And uh, it's pretty evident to me very quickly when I meet with our teams, you know, the beginning of each season, I can just see it on the players' faces, which ones want it. And, you know, the communication piece is so key. They're emailing me, they're calling me, they're texting me. They're just asking for that help. Those are the players I love helping because they want it so bad. Um, but again, I would just go back to that. The player has to be the one that drives the process. Yeah, sure. Um, so you guys have any, um, like, obviously there are things that stand out to you. And so what are some things in, in the first contact and then subsequent emails or whatever conversations that, um, that Emmett you find like specifically kind of a turnoff, use that word loosely, the term loosely, but, um, and, and some things that kind of catch your attention, you know, make it easy for you. I think the, the attention to detail has to be really good. Uh, for example, Stetson's Division One school, and we're in Florida. Uh, we're a liberal arts school. So if someone's saying, hey, coach, I'm really interested in your engineering program, that means they haven't gone online and seen that we don't have engineering. There might be a pathway with that, but it's not going to probably be a good option if, if that's what you're looking and majoring. So... Uh, being able, and, and I've, I want to reiterate it because I've heard it on your previous podcasts of, you know, being simple with a good highlight video, possibly a 90 minute match. That's not a Sunday league game. It's a, maybe one of the best high quality opponents that the team's played. So the level is mostly players that will play at a high level in college uh, or pro and then have the grades, the cumulative GPA, and whether you've taken, you know, an SAT or ACT or SAT optional. So, um, you know, that's different than maybe some schools in Virginia, but having that information organized and then articulated in a, in a well-written email is really important. And it shows the attention to detail, which is something that we stress a lot here with our guys when they come in as an 18 year old, they have to problem solve well. So if they can't problem solve well or have that attention to detail on that initial email, what's going to happen once they're here? Um, and, and, you know, I can usually tell you the end product of that uh, if we get it wrong. So th those are things that are 
very important that what I look on that first e- email and to give you a real life example, that would be, you know, we had a player from Virginia, even though we're in Florida that emailed us, stayed persistent with it. Uh, you know, a guy that I played with in Charlottesville was coaching him. You know, then I'm calling Glenn. Then I called uh, Tommy as well. Did a lot of background on him because I can't always be up there to watch games. And then ultimately, you know, we we offered a spot to a guy actually in that Richmond area. And, uh, you know, we took a Virginia player, but there was a lot of thorough research. The player had to really want to come down to a state like Florida instead of staying in the state of Virginia, which, you know, many Virginians do. Uh, So there has to be a a thorough approach to it. And that'd be like an example of when we've taken a player from Virginia, for example. Right. Um, Anything to add, Tommy? Yeah, I want to ask, well, I mean, because like for us, like it's pretty easy to kind of like navigate this process and like look at some of the differentiators because typically we're just looking at kids from Virginia, North Carolina, you know, a couple other surrounding states. Like it's pretty easy. We're not looking at internationals, but Emmett – is looking at all of that. And uh, it's a lot of Florida kids, internationals, and then some outliers like you just mentioned. So what is your process for like sifting through all that, I guess, and focusing on the kids that really make sense for Stetson? Yeah, it's a really big net. And uh, Glenn touched on it. You touched on it, Tommy, where you, in this, the last example I gave, I had to rely on people I really trust uh, and other examples where Florida has a lot of talent. So we're one of the only private schools in division one in Florida. It's very affordable to go to the state schools. We're also the top academic school in Florida. So uh, what comes with that is it's, we don't run into a lot of our competitors uh, in recruiting. Um, it's, it, it's more clear cut at those schools and how they package and what they do in terms of financial aid and, and merit scholarships. We're, ours is a little bit more complicated, so we have to be really creative with it. And one, one aspect is obviously our backyards, Florida. We have a lot of players from Orlando city. We're about 45 minutes North of there, but we, we have players that are from up North, such as Virginia, uh, Michigan, New York. I think they bring a little bit different dynamic maybe than you might find from your average Florida player, uh, which is great, right? It, it creates some diversity uh, uh, from a playing standpoint on your team. And then uh, internationally, we, we've, uh, I've traveled uh, and my assistants, our staff, we've, we, we've been in you know, Europe, Central America, Mexico, South America. So we try to find the right fit. And uh, when I was hired, I was hired right during COVID sometimes it's been a learning process in identifying our, our, our correct fit internationally. And, and we've really, I, I think we've nailed it now um, in doing that, but it's finding the right type of players, not just from a soccer standpoint, but from a cultural standpoint and a value standpoint uh, that fit what our school is and how we run our program. And so, and, and, and so there's, there's a lot of different variables that go through that. And getting to my point is we have to be very careful on how many internationals are brought in, how many kids from Florida, how many players from up north so that you can create that right team culture because uh, there's a lot of diversity there and a lot of guys coming from different places. So um, we rely a lot on our contacts, but we do travel to a lot of those countries, too. Um, You know, I was in Honduras a couple of years ago, was in Paraguay, Argentina, Mexico. 
Um, you know, we have currently four players from Mexico, two from Canada. Uh, so it, it, it fits a lot with our style of play as well um, to go into what Tommy was talking about. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tales from the Trail. Again, please share this podcast, and I encourage you to send me questions and comments through matchplayrecruit.com. See you on the trail.